Good evening. Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmley. Um, and uh, Matt, well, well, I'm glad you could, uh, I'm glad you could join us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I may or may not have fallen asleep and I may or may not be two hours late <laughs> for this episode. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Um, and we have with us um, our our friend Kevin Derendorf. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Um, well, I guess uh, we should probably acknowledge, uh, I'm sure people that are listening to this might not have expected this to be the new episode. I think a lot of people were probably expecting us to talk about Shin Kamen Rider, um, which I've seen, Kevin has seen, um, and uh, Matt, I think you have some some explaining to do. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping with tonight's theme. (laughs) I may or may not have chosen to sleep <laughs> well you bought the you bought a ticket last monday and I then did. and you were gonna go and then you just yeah i don't you just I you woke up and played. it was at, it was it was like 10 p.m or something <laughs> yeah i was like uh listen this is this is life when you have a a four-month-old oh yeah so yep so it's like you I uh, I am the the dad that like sits down on the couch and is snoring, you know, like the first thirty minutes into a TV oh my, show or movie or whatever. I, yep, I'm like that too, man. You gotta start setting alarms. Um, but anyway, so yes, there are 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 we we will eventually get to Shin Kamen Rider, but uh, you know, we we missed it while that window was hot, so I don't know, whenever it comes out on Blu-ray or uh, <clears throat> there's other ways to watch it, um, we'll, we'll catch up there. Um, which, I don't know, that, I, I feel like that shouldn't be too far off in the, in the future. I, I, Kevin, uh, am I correct in, is this, do, do, is Shout Factory in charge of this? Uh, nobody's been announced as a as a distributor for for Shin Kamen Rider on home video yet, but I would not be surprised. Okay. I think I probably thought that because uh, the Toku Shoutsu, uh, like 
socials were promoting it heavily. And I know they they've like put out all other sh- uh, sh- all the other common rider like Blu-rays and all that stuff. Yeah, I I went to um, the premiere at Japan Society, so I didn't actually see it in the proper uh, theatrical release. But I understand that when it did play in theaters, they had a little uh, little uh, Toku Shoutsu or Shout Factory promo uh, attached to it as well. Yeah, they were advertising. Um like before the movie, they were advertising like uh, you know there's Sentai and Common Rider like DVDs and stuff like like there were ads on the screen and all that. So and yeah, uh, I don't know. I'd be surprised if it's not them, but um, yeah, I mean within the next couple months, I'm sure it'll be out. Um, but uh, we uh, are catching up to a release. From several months ago of a 60s film um that well, just uh, today it, it got a, a dvd release it's a wide release as uh, so the fact that you can walk into like a walmart now and find wong mogli <laughs> is insane weird yeah I, I don't know i mean this is definitely not a movie that i ever thought we would be watching <laughs> let alone <laughs> doing a podcast episode about um, Space Monster Wong Magui, I guess for those that aren't, you know, the real diehard fans of the genre, um, for de- decades, I mean, pretty much since its theatrical release in Korea in the 60s has just been, like, that one movie that you see, you know, a few stills from or or whatever, and it's like, you know, this movie's lost, basically, um... And then that changed a little bit, I think, in the two. Th- I want to say the two thousands, late mid to late two thousands. I want to say maybe um, give or take a few years, but uh, um, it showed at a a festival or two, a Korean film festival or two, and um, so the the uh, the Korean film archive um, had you know I guess found a print, had a print, and. Started showing it like very rarely, and you know, if you were in um, South Korea, I think you could like you know book an appointment there and like go to the film archive and watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. It, it's just something I don't think any of us ever really expected to to see. Um, and then uh, yeah, SRS cinema comes in uh which is like you know this tiny little label and i know that uh they reached out to the korean film archive and um you know we're told you know no i for whatever reason you know the the people running things over there weren't really interested in licensing the movie or anything or i don't know maybe they just didn't think that there was any demand for it or, <laughs> or, or, or what, I don't know why. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple years later, I, Ron who runs SRS was still at it and eventually got a deal going. And I, it sounds like he put up quite, uh, a large chunk of change to, uh, to get the rights to this. And, here we are. It is now on uh, Blu-ray and DVD, and yeah, I guess Kevin was saying uh, 
that it's got like an actual mainstream disc release now. Um, and yeah, so here we are now in a world where we have experienced <laughs> Space Monster Wong Magui, and it is a experience to say the least. Um, now, uh, Kevin, I'm going to lean a little bit on you because I, I, I try to, you know, talk out of my ass as little as possible. But uh, um, I, from what I understand, this movie was kind of, you know, uh, when Yongari was in production, uh, a rival uh, Korean studio kind of fast-tracked this to kind of beat that movie to the punch um, as like the big, you know, m- movie that basically almost a mockbuster before that was like a term anyone used. Yeah, that, that's my understanding that Yongari was a much more high profile um, production, but uh, but Wong Magui was kind of uh, uh, cranked out there to to kind of beat it to the cinemas, um, and it as far as I can tell. This was an entirely domestic production, as opposed to Yongari, which was bringing in, you know, expert people from from Japan to uh, to pull off those special yeah. effects. Well, yeah, Yongari is definitely a bigger budget <laughs> production. <laughs> um, I mean, this is in black and white. Yongari is not. Uh, Yongari definitely has more sophisticated <laughs> um, special effects. Um, but yeah, they're, so they're both 1967, um, and, uh, um, yeah, from what I understand, uh, uh, the, uh, um, the studio that made Yongri, uh, Kukdong sued, uh, Century, which is the studio that made this, um, on the grounds of, you know, it being some kind of infringement. Um, I'm not, I, I don't know how that shook out. <laughs> I just know it's something that allegedly happened. Um, well, so much of, of um, Wong Magui is, is kind of, uh, you know, they name drop King Kong multiple times. I feel like it, it doesn't seem like it's, uh, they'd have a proper leg to stand on. Right. Right. Like that. Yeah. I can even see their logic there. Cause if they're looking at Yongari, like, Oh, you know, this is our, uh, Godzilla, then, you know, a rival studio being like, Oh, this is our King Kong, you know, mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's interesting that this movie took so long to, I mean, outside of its initial theatrical release, I don't, I don't think it's had any kind of, aside from a screening here or there, I don't think it's had any kind of home video release anywhere until now. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, and um, and I'm, I'm assuming this had to have done well for SRS because this is, the, this is a title that you know fans all over the world will would probably want to import as opposed to you know um, them releasing stuff that's already out in in Japan and in other countries. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's no, uh, it's probably no coincidence that within six months or so of this being released that, you know, they're, they're actually like doing deals with Katakawa and for like Whale God and Yokai War Guardians and, and all this and that. Um, 
So anyway, uh, I guess with de- more or less decades of curiosity and hype, um, ha- that has led us to this moment. <laughs> it, it, I, I just remember for years and years, like the only thing you would hear about it was that it had like some record num- number of extras for a movie. Yeah, yeah. And like watching the actual movie, like I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. Um, it, I think it was a it was a Guinness record book in the eighties that um had that statistic in it. I don't know how they came to that conclusion, or I don't. You know, I don't know if that's like something where they had to look over production records or what but yeah i mean the i mean there's plenty of extras in here but it doesn't strike me as more or less than you know your average kaiju film and i'm sure that record has been beaten in the you know 40 years or <laughs> whatever since that was statement was made mm-hmm. um so uh anyway uh does Wang Magui live up to the hype and the the myth that it is created uh, over the decades. Um, that's a interesting question to ponder. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess I'll do my best uh, with a plot synopsis. Um, this is a. It, largely plotless film um so it should be easy and and you know quick to talk about but uh yeah let's get the this the hurdle out of the way of trying to paint the picture of what it's about um so there are these aliens called the gamma aliens um that are about i mean they're about as low budget as movie aliens can get i mean um silver suits and helmets uh um and uh they want to take over the earth so they have their own monster Wang Magui who uh is a very kind of unfortunate looking creature um it's like a sasquatch that i don't know looks more like a wetsuit covered in tar and just a a weird like nozzle on his head that shoots like a napalm or something um and uh it's a human-sized monster they say when he gets to earth the uh difference in the pressure of the atmosphere will make him grow um that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) and and so they 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 send him to earth he grows he starts wrecking stuff and um all the while we i don't know we don't necessarily have like a main character uh we have a few characters we spend more time with than others but uh you know we have a bride uh who um her fiance is in like the air force or something and um you know the night before their wedding he he gets called to called in to deal with this monster problem um and you know, he obviously <laughs> is a no-show for the wedding, cause, but she still gets her makeup and everything done anyway for some reason. Um, 
And then uh, uh, the monster, she spends most of the runtime in the monster's hand, a la King Kong. Um, and then uh, the her fiancé doesn't spend much time doing anything besides flying around. Um, they don't really, like, shoot Wong Magui a whole lot with the jets like he flies around and there's a lot of stock footage of planes and uh and then yeah about around midway to, into the movie we we meet um this homeless boy named squirrel who uh the first time we see him he's um broken into the bride and groom's apartment or whatever because they're off uh being evacuated and flying around in circles um and he he winds up uh um you know he winds up in the monster's head <laughs> um he crawls through his ear and he 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 you know stabs through the monster's eardrums and crawls around his nose and is tugging nose hairs and these there's these nasty uh, like skin flakes hanging off of the monster. It's all really gross, um, and uh, that goes on for a long time. See, this is like not a normal like plot synopsis. It sounds like uh, some weird like skit on. I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah, right. It it, it 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 halfway through it it almost becomes like a body horror movie told from a monster's point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> um and so yeah, all the while um this kid is uh, you know, like stabbing this monster in his head and the guys flying around in circles. We 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 spend a lot of our time just meeting different people that are uh, running through the crowd, and it becomes like this weird, almost series of vignettes, kind of, um, without really any focus. Like there's these two gambler guys who are making bets on, uh, you know, um, well, uh, if you run away and get scared first, like I get to. You know, uh, I I'll bet you like your wife or, or like stuff like that, and they're they're you got guys betting each other's wives away. You got a uh, uh, you know, um, there's a a crazy scene where we are in this like high rise office building or something, and I don't know for what for whatever reason that is where they have decided to um, like shelter shelter people i don't know i i don't typically think of built high buildings as a place people would go for shelter in a situation like this <laughs> i don't know if that's based in any kind of reality i mean um a lot of the crowd scenes and stuff like that i mean um just like yongari you know i think are probably um you know evoking uh imagery from you know the korean war and stuff because this is like you know following that up so that's you know, gonna seep its way into entertainment. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing they did. If they did, I, I, it's really strange. You know, you think of shelter as somewhere underground or even like the high school gym or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, in this, in this huge 
high rise office building or whatever that people are sheltered in. You, some of the, uh, members of that crowd, like there's, um, there's a, a woman giving birth and then there's a guy who like really, (laughs) really has to take a shit. And so he buys a newspaper off another guy and goes in a corner and shits in the newspaper and then like (laughs) falls in it. Uh, it's 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 madness. Uh, the this whole movie is madness. Like that is, I mean, that's like the best I can do with a plot summary. And then you know, eventually they figure out how to stop the monster. Um, and then and then and then the aliens are pretty much like, this is hard. <clears throat> and then they just kind of like give up and go away. <laughs> like they're like, this is hard. We give up. And then that's like kind of where the movie ends. Um. Yeah, they, they don't just the, the military doesn't really defeat the monster. The aliens like this say like, "Oh, this is hard. Let's let's destroy the monster and leave." Like, why? Yeah, yeah, and then they yeah, then they just give up and they're like, "Oh, I guess we just got to tell the boss it didn't work." And it's like, "Okay." <laughs> like it's a, it's a strange ending. Everything about this movie is really strange. Um so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I expected when I, you know, got this and sat down and watched it. Um, I don't know. I was probably expecting something that felt kind of uh, like Yongery, maybe something that felt a little formulaic of of the time, and you know, oh, that was a neat curiosity. But I, I, I definitely didn't think it would be such a weird like acid trip um like there's not for better and worse there's not any other movie that's really quite like this it it's weirdly i think endearing because of that right like i uh i think the best thing about it is that it just doesn't make any sense and i i i it also, by the way, the blue the Blu Ray looks like fantastic. It's better than <laughs> it's like, this movie. Like it's deserves. <laughs> yeah, it's but. better than a movie like this should ever look. Really, <laughs> um, it, th- this is the kind of thing. Like the movie itself is hard to evaluate because, like, it doesn't. There's no flow to it. But I have to say, I laughed a lot <laughs> because of all the stuff that was happening on screen. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's some interesting, um, attempts also at, you know, the miniatures themselves are okay, and, you know, um, there's, uh, there's some, you know, creative stuff they do with, you know, forced perspective, you know, where they have, you know, uh, a miniature building super high, uh, uh, super, uh, uh, like, uh, close to the camera and the the monster in the background and and things like that um but uh you know it it definitely looks on the cheaper end of you know what you're used to out of a movie like this from the 60s um like i said even yongery you know has, a, has definitely seemed to have more of a budget and you know, like Kevin was saying, they 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 knew they didn't know what they were doing, so they got a lot of the you know guys from Japan to come and work on it. Um, this movie definitely doesn't have those luxuries. 
Um, Yongri feels like it has a script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yongri <laughs> has. You can watch Yongri and pinpoint like, okay, this is the. It's got like you know, this is Act One, Act Two, Act Three, beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> and this movie just kind of like, yeah, it almost feels like it was like, okay, well. We're we're we just like improvised this entire thing, <laughs> you know. It it has it's like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and like you know it's it's almost like a child telling you a story that they're making up and like just like a child would tell a story, you know. It it introduces characters and forgets about them and <laughs> uh, like I uh, the one um like the bride like her mom and her aunt I don't think we see them again after well I think the I think the mom I think the mom ends up like getting in that uh that high rise um shelter building but like we never see her after that um and yeah there's just all kinds of moments of lunacy like uh the typhoon. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a, a. They decide to send the monster in a typhoon. Is that what happened? I I, I guess so. <laughs> the, the, the the aliens know that there is a typhoon on Earth that is going through Seoul, and and that is the best opportunity, or or something along that. Why does it matter? <laughs> I I mean, I, I'm also confused because like. If the rationale is the difference in pressure between inside the spaceship and outside the spaceship is what makes the monster grow, wouldn't all of the aliens grow when they got to Earth? Yeah, what? Yeah, I... Don't, yeah. don't worry about it, Kevin. <laughs> like, you can't... <laughs> you can't, also, you can't like, ask those kind of questions here. There, there's there's a bit where, like, um, the, the monster walks through the 1990 World Fair and, like, whoa, wait, wait. This is in the future? Yeah, does this take place in the 90s? What is that? Um, on the commentary, the 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 most they make of that is they're like, well, you know, maybe they, that was just kind of like a hopeful, this is where, you know, we want Korea to be, you know, after the war. We want to have the 1990 World's Fair, or I don't know. But yeah, is this, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're he, asking that kind of question in a movie where a kid pees in the monster's ear. Yes, so. this is true. Um, I mean, it's it's very similar to to Yongari in a lot of those respects, in that you know both of them kind of depict a very like self sufficient uh, Korean military, and um, yeah, they, they're 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 showing a prosperous you know post war Korea. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, that, that's probably, I mean, uh, beyond talking about the film itself, I mean, that's probably the most interesting topic of conversation because, you know, you get, you get some of that, uh, the, that time capsule of this time in Korean history, you get a lot of that in here with, um, you know, the modernization of, of Korea after the war and, um, you know, uh, how, uh, you know, different aspects of, you know, Eastern and Western um, ideas about things like marriage and stuff like that play in, into it. Um, but uh, even that is a lot of stuff that, 
is in Yongari. I mean, if if that stuff people are interested in, um, you know, we, we're not going to rehash a whole lot of that here. But you know, we we talked at length about that stuff when we did our Yongari episode. Um, so I would point people in that direction. But um, uh, so yeah, I mean, from a cultural point of view, it, it's definitely um, uh, very much a product of its time in you know, I guess how it's, how it depicts, uh, Korean society in the sixties. Um, and at least, you know, the idealized version of, you know, a prosperous South Korea. Um, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the movie itself is, you know, I mean, that's just cultural stuff that I think probably seeped into any entertainment back then. So, you know, I, ha- I I don't want to sound like we're giving the movie, you know, too much credit for being, you know, a smart reflection of <laughs> whatever was going on at the time. Because I don't know that it's that at all. So, so along similar lines, and I, my, my sample size is, is quite small, uh, but I do notice that, like, when I watch, like, Hyungrae Shim's movies, um, they tend to be, like, Lots of fart jokes, very like scatological, and then you know you you, you get to Yongari where the the monster bleeds out in a terrible way, <laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering how much of that was just like pervasive in children's entertainment. Um, when I when I look at this, and yeah, we have like the the, the poop jokes and the uh, uh, the the as Matt said, the kid goes up the monster's nose and pees in there and things like that. It's yeah, yeah, like, the kid pees in the monster's head. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that's just something that you never thought you would see in a, in a, in a movie. Um, it doesn't have it as bad, but there's even scenes where it, it, they kind of do the thing like, another Korean movie, uh, uh, like in Ape, where like, the monster like steps over things, <laughs> like steps over buildings and stuff, you know, because they don't want to. I don't know. They, I guess they don't want to destroy the miniature or whatever. Um, I'm wondering if maybe those miniatures are like a solid block of styrofoam, right? It, yeah, would if, if it got <laughs> damaged. Because the miniature has to be designed to be destroyed if it's going to be destroyed. Yeah, yeah, it's got to you know break apart in a certain way and all that stuff. Um. That said, the, the buildings in this movie look quite good. They um, do, they do. Um, they do, yeah. When they get stepped on, um, I don't know that the sound design really... <laughs> the sound, yeah, I, I mean, we 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 got to talk about the sound design in this movie because it's, like... Sounds. Bad? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, like, you think of a monster crushing a building and, you know, big destruction sounds. In this, it sounds almost like... I don't know, someone like snapping a t- snapping like some small twigs in half and stuff. Um, Kevin s- s- said that he had the luxury earlier today of watching this on uh, like a, s- a pristine sound system. What was yeah. that like? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a little uh, off putting, and um, you know, also just in terms of little little bits of echoing and hissing and things like that that you wouldn't notice on a, on a smaller like TV. Uh, it was my, uh, my, my home theater set up is like, Oh, this is, this is no good. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I, when I watched this for the first time, it was like, 
I don't know what the Foley sound people were doing, but yeah, anytime he had a building was, you know, crumbling or something, it was, it wasn't the, you know, what you'd expect. It was just like, (laughs) you think, I mean, you'd think they could even find stock sound effects that would (laughs) be more satisfying. Um, Is this the only monster movie with like a nose that's specifically filmed from inside, like a giant nose prop? I can't, I can't think, think of that. another monster movie where like a good amount of the runtime is a kid like spending time in the monster's head, like doing like crazy things, like stabbing its eardrums and. And you know, swinging around on his nose hairs and stuff. Like I, I mean, said, the closest it be, would be like Gamma versus Jiger, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or uh, um, isn't there an Ultra Seven episode where he's got to like go inside a monster? Yeah, that that does yeah. happen. And there's a, a the Godzilla the '90s animated series has like a fantastic, but the, yeah, I mean, those are all like Fantastic Voyage kind of riffs of you know exploring the insides of a body this is just like pure it, it becomes body horror it you know i mean if <laughs> poor if, monster yeah yeah if, if if that was a human character and it was about like a parasite inside its head you know it would be like a cronenbergian but in this case it's a kaiju movie with a a human character wreaking havoc inside this monster's you know sinuses but <laughs> that, that kid is a psychopath by the way yeah he's always trying to like he's always stabbing something with the knife like before he even goes to the monster so you, you kind of get an idea yeah. what the monster he, he keeps calling it a sword it's like this yeah is even my though it's sword. like a, it's like a dagger yeah <laughs> and yeah he walks around with like a coffee can around his neck that he like puts things in it it's um it, it's really a strange everything about this movie is strange um well, like in in a normal movie this would be like a main character but he's not introduced until like half an hour in <laughs> yeah so he's like portrayed as having broken into somebody's house to, like, <laughs> right <do this. laughs> yeah um he's then, like, like uh later um <laughs> when the, when he he's like messing with a monster and then the the I guess fiance character is like, oh, you you think this is just a game? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, someone said that uh, that kid grew up to be the guy in uh, Godzilla '84, <laughs> the homeless guy. Um, can't prove it not to be true. Uh, Therefore, it's true. Let's. I, I. We should talk more about the monster itself because um, I. I don't. You know. Look. I don't know what went into designing this thing or bringing <clears throat> it to life. Um, but it's. It, look. It's got its charms, but it's probably one of the worst looking monsters. I've. I've I might have seen. Um, it's like, it's weird that when when you first see it on the spaceship, it's actually a different like mask or something than 
when it's going on the rampage. Like they they bothered to make a different version of it for those early scenes. Yeah, and, and those those scenes are weird too because like it it's like uh it's it's more or less like a guy like walking around in handcuffs, not really acting much like a monster, and then. I don't know. I, well, I guess they say he's going to get angry when he grows. I like okay, sure. Um but yeah, he's got the those goofy big ears and then um I don't know, they do the 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 War of the Gargantuas Daimajin thing where they have uh like the suit actor's eyes um like uh, yep. holes in the ma- mask for the eyes. So it really just ends up looking like a really deformed, like goofy human almost. Um, it's interesting that I, the the movie it the movie itself seems to imply that it's like an ape like creature because you know the movie says mo- there's at least two or three times in the movie where you know someone's like ah there's a monster it it it's it it looks like King Kong. Um, but like the suit itself isn't really like hairy or furry. It's like I said, it looks like someone like dipped a wetsuit in like tar. <laughs> like it doesn't look like an ape because uh, there's no fur. Which I don't. I don't know. I don't understand that. If Mighty Peking Man can do it. Man, this ain't got no Mighty Peking Man budget. <laughs> Or or Marase making the suit for that matter. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I kind of think we're leaning into the alien piece or you know, it's uh you know, a Mogwi is like a, a devil, so maybe they're trying to make it look demonic. It's I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know Would either. Would you buy a toy of this, Kevin, if they release one? Uh, that depends on uh, that means the, yes. uh, the, 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 the price <laughs> and and, uh, and who who is releasing it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's entirely possible. Someone did make a toy uh, like a few years before this movie even came out, like where anyone could see it. Like the a few years ago, someone did make a toy. Yeah, it was part of that set with um, Yongari and Pulgasari. Yeah, yeah, it was like different Korean monsters. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no fancy X plus Wang Magui. Um, there's there's a lot of like scenes of like random people like uh, um, getting stepped on and and or, or like some of the crowd stuff is the crowd stuff's actually fairly well done, but some of it is like really strange, like. Um, there's a part where a guy is like shoving people out of the way to get on this truck and like his pants come off. Um, <laughs> there's another one where like a guy is on a roof and like he's trying to get away from the monster and it's like a like he's on this tall building and he opens up an umbrella and jumps off and I don't know, we don't see what happened to him. <laughs> but I'm assuming he thought the umbrella would like, I don't know, Soften Mary his Poppins fall, but th- yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. But yeah, after he jumps, like we we I don't know, we don't see a body or anything, so I d- I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's really just kind of a series of baffling decisions. Like um, one part that made me laugh the hardest was uh, 
the the guy that needs the newspaper to you know to to poop on um like it for like you hear his stomach rumbling or whatever and he goes like does anyone have a newspaper and there's a guy getting his shoes shined by like a shoe shine boy and he hears this guy say does anyone have a newspaper and he punches the shoe shine boy in the face and like <laughs> picks up a newspaper that was on the ground and then he's like, Oh, I have one. And it's like, what, <laughs> like what, who, why? <laughs> like, so there's random acts of violence against children and uh, it, it's, it's a fever dream. When the, when the guy actually goes to, to shat, by the way, the face that he makes, <laughs> like the grimace that he makes, is hilarious. I don't know, just the whole, the whole, that whole sequence is absurd. And then he falls in it later. It's like every time you don't think this movie is going to get weirder and crazier, it just does. To the point where you're, you know, watching a kid pee in a monster's head. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mentioned the monster has that, like, projectile mist weapon, um, which I also don't quite understand what it's supposed to, like, do or be. I guess it's kind of like a napalm kind of thing, but, like, it kind of, like, immediately sets anything it touches on fire. It it really feels like they had maybe seen the original Godzilla and we're like, yeah, we, we need to have some sort of like <laughs> weapon like that. Yeah. He doesn't even really start doing that until this kid starts stabbing him in his eardrums and peeing in his head and stuff. <laughs> so it could just be that kid's fault. Um, I guess we could, I guess, I mean, we, we brought it up, but I guess we should probably talk about like how weird the ending of this movie is. Um, like on various levels, um, like we already said, you know, it, the aliens just kind of give up. Um, but like, yeah, the kid finds the control device that they're using to control the monster and like unplugs him pretty much. And then the, and then that's all the alien, that's all it takes for the aliens to be like, oh, this is like, this is hard. Let's, let's just call it a day. Um, and then, yeah, the, the monster, uh, self-destructs basically. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, and then the, um, and then the, the, the husband and wife, like, just, they like, so the guy rescues the kid and, uh, his fiance, and then, uh, you know, the, the wife just goes, we're gonna adopt you, and you're now my, my little brother, and then the husband's like, yay, ha ha, you know, and it's like, how, you guys don't even know who this kid is, you don't know where he came from, you don't know if it, you don't. He never said what that he has parents or not, <laughs> and they just that like kid, he shanked his parents to death with that sword. <laughs> and so yeah, I guess they're a, a family unit now. I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess that is supposed to be heartwarming. Um, yeah, we're we're meant to assume that he's a street urchin because you know when we first see him, he's broken into their house and yeah, yeah. Food, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like homeless 
people can have homeless kids. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um, uh, but yeah, the whole ending, and then you know, none of the other characters we really really ever see again. There's a part at the end that I don't quite understand, and in the commentary, the guy says it's a mistranslation. But like, there's a kind of argument between the the uh, the husband that's the pilot and like his general or whatever. Um, and the movie may like the movie makes it sound like he's upset that um that they're 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 going to attack the monster but the subtitles say that he wants to attack the monster kevin do you, do you know what i'm talking about cuz you just watched this like earlier what, wasn't it something where the the his superior wanted to attack but there were civilians around or something like that that and he was objecting on those front um, yeah like like the uh yeah it, it, the, but then in the commentary the guy says like this is a mistranslation he's actually like the superior is actually upset because he's going to have to attack the monster even though it'll cost civilian lives or or something um huh. but it, yeah i don't it's weird that they I don't know, that commentary says that, and then uh, that scene is still kind of like <laughs> a question I, like, mark. I, I feel like if there's a mistranslation that gets pointed out in the audio commentary, like, they should have, like, <laughs> addressed that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the then, I mean, it's mostly... Like, I mean, most of the plane stuff is stock footage um, of, like, actual planes. And, like, it's, like, varying deg- degrees of film quality. Um, but Yeah, we get the one one plane that the uh, I, uh, male fiancé uh, jumps out of and then it crashes into the monster while the monster is holding... <laughs> the female fiance and the kid, and then the guy parachutes down to like snag them and and get away on the parachute, which the physics of are a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, you you don't really have a really any time they show the the that pilot character, you there's really no um, sense of where he is, like in proximity to where like the other things in the movie are taking place we don't like he he's just kind of like flies around and like uh is like you know he doesn't really say anything to say like oh oh, like i'm right above the monster or you know i the monster is this far away he just kind of flies around in circles and then goes back to uh back to the base and then that's when you know they they get orders to go and like attack attack the monster or whatever. And they bring up, you know, oh, do we want to use, we, you know, we'll, we'll have to use nuclear bombs, and I, that's, like, kind of a cliche, but um, it's weird because, uh, you know, it, you know, uh, like we said about this kind of imagining a more prosperous um, South Korea, like, South Korea doesn't have access to nuclear weapons. <laughs> so, I don't know where they were planning on getting those bombs from. 
I mean, probably America, but they don't <laughs> they don't say that. <laughs> but there is an American flag in the background in their little uh, uh, in the military compound or whatever. Um, but uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, there the, there's really not a lot of uh, like the 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 plane that Kevin mentioned that crashes in the monster I think that's the only time we see any kind of uh military vehicle explode at all um like you know there's no tanks no um no helicopters um it's you know characters and planes flying around in circles and then you know I don't I don't think there's a uh, anything I don't think there's really a whole lot of military miniatures, um, like aside from like that one plane, and I don't know, maybe another pl- another few planes that you might see or something. But um, yeah, a movie the like this, you 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 would usually see more of that. And I have to imagine, you know, their special effects budget was this goofy costume and uh, you know a couple small sets with some buildings. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the military really get involved until like the eighty minute mark, right? <laughs> even though, even very- though we keep cutting to the, to this guy just flying around, being like, "Yeah, you know, I'm still up here." <laughs> but yeah, they don't actually do anything until like the very end, which uh, I don't know. That's probably more realistic to to how this would happen in real life than. Um, than the movie ever intends, you know, it's not like Shin Godzilla where the whole point is how long it would take to mobilize. This is more like uh, the the filmmakers just like forgot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we get a little bit of the monster getting shelled towards the end, and the aliens make some comment about like, oh, their weapons are worthless. But this is also like after the remote control has been deactivated by the kid with a knife, just kind of like cutting random things on the <laughs> monster's back. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, seems like it wasn't all that robust then. Um, but, I mean, th- these aliens also, like, they don't seem terribly prepared. You know, early on, they're like, oh, we're we're approaching carefully so the humans don't notice us. And then, like... They notice they them immediately? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The... Yeah, they immediately are like, "Oh, we picked something up on our satellite or whatever." <laughs> so, I, I yeah, the, these aliens are just—I don't know—they're—they're they're really bad at their jobs, um, like more so than most, uh, you know, kaiju movie aliens, which have a tradition of being pretty bad at their jobs, but. Um, yeah, the I, the the crowd scenes actually have like a sense of uh, panic to them that actually is maybe a little better almost than what you see in a lot of movies. Um, it almost reminds me more of like the, the the crowd scenes in Gorgo where it's just like absolute chaos. You know, it's not people filing out one way. You know, all orderly. It's people jumping over each other and having their pants ripped off and. <laughs> All kinds of other stuff. Um, so yeah, the I mean that's I mean I, there's not too much left I think um, to discuss with this movie. It's a really really 
bizarre uh, movie. It, it, it's the kind of movie that um, uh, that would be a really good fit for something like a mystery science theater. Um, so much so that. that like the 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 production value almost reminds me of like those old like Toei uh, kids films that would be on Mystery Science Theater, like, you know, Invasion of the Neptune Men or uh, Prince of Space or something. It, it, if you, I, I, even though there's no superheroes in this, I think that's probably the closest thing that this feels like is one of those. Um, like, uh, you know, I don't know, those old Shintoho, like, um, what's the other one? Uh, Kevin, what's the, that one superhero? Star... Uh yeah, Starman. Starman, yeah, Super yeah. Giants. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Th- this reminds me. This has the same kind of tone and aesthetic and low budget charm that you would get out of those. Um, so even though it's less superhero and more kaiju, I think you know if if you like those old black and white like Z budget. Um, Japanese kids movies like that, I think you would probably enjoy this. Or if you're just a fan of weird cinema. Yeah, um, they're kind of like pre-television movie serial type of aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, it, it, like it probably has the same budget as some of that stuff. Um, like this is not a, a, a higher budget production. Um, like we like we said, even Yongari feels like it This probably costs like a third or a fourth of what Yongari probably cost. And, you know, it's not like Yongari is the most high-budget movie out there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the madness that is uh, Space Monster Wang Magui finally out there for the unassuming public. Um, but, uh, anyway, I, I guess uh, any anything we should discuss... Uh, uh, before we do our ratings here, I kind of feel like we <laughs> covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I, we we turned every stone I think we could with this one. Um, all right, so uh, how many um, how many homeless kids peeing in a monster's head do you do you want to give this out of five? I <clears throat> uh, went back to my letterbox and I gave it a two, but I, for the sake of like our show and specifically like our listeners, I would probably give it a three just because of how absurd it is. It, it is really fun. And uh, I, because of how absurd and crazy and all over the place, like I had, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Also, it, it really looks great. Like they did a phenomenal job with the Blu-ray. Can't say that enough. Um, yeah. No, I mean, this is a solid purchase. I mean, uh, uh, but I, I can't, I mean, look, I can't in good conscience say this is a good movie or, you know, I can, re- I'm going to recommend this to someone that doesn't already like crazy shit. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I probably in like in good conscience, I, I can't, probably can't go higher than a two and a half, but you know, on an enjoyment level, I mean, I I would be okay saying, you know, if this is the kind of thing that you like, you know, I could, 
give it three or something like that. Um, but you know, two and a half. But I mean, it's it's a fun two and a half. I mean, by no in no reality can I like say this is a good film. Um, but if you are like me and you just like really bizarre movies, whether they're good or bad, um, and you connect with them for whatever reason, whether they're good or bad movies. I mean, I, some of my favorite movies are, are just honestly terrible, but I love them anyway. Um, so if you're like me, I mean, this is something you should seek out. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's like a two and a half, but it's a two and a half where I'm like, you know, it's a good time if this is what you're looking for. Um, Kevin, how, how, where, where do you come down on this? How do you feel about whatever this film is? Yeah, very, very similar. Um, you know, I think the early parts of the movie are a little on the slower side, and there's definitely parts um, like the whole com- comedy duo of the pair that are um, making bets over, you know, the guy's wife, and then they go back to the guy's house, and then the the wife is like into the into the bed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know about this. This is like leaning towards a two. And then, you know, again, like the, the highlight sequence is of course the, the kid like hanging out of the monster's nose and, and swinging around. Uh, and then that stuff I think is, you know, real more, more well executed and, and, and fun. And I put the, that towards a three. So I'd say on an average, yeah, let's go with, a. Two and a half there. All right. Yeah, I, it, it, it really is. I mean, if someone's listening to this and have, hasn't seen it, they we all sound insane. But it, it's like a stream of consciousness, kind of formless experience is what it is. Um, this is not a movie that you're going to see every day. And uh, I don't know, sometimes those are the most interesting things you can find, whether, you know, for better or worse. So, um and I, you know, I, you know, I, I would recommend picking this up if you're weirdos like us. Well, and just also, how often are you going to find a, a a giant monster movie from the '60s that you haven't seen before? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you just want to see what else is out there after you feel like you've uh, reached the bottom of the iceberg. There's always a little bit more underneath, and that's <laughs> when you get to stuff like this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about, uh, you know, getting Wang Mogwi in the monster verse and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got here. Um, yeah, fun and crazy movie. Check it out. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess we can sign out boys. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.